Instruments with Luke and Jake. Very special guest uh, today to kick off 2021's interviews. We got Kyle Barbo from Easy Smiles and Expensive Watches. Thanks again for coming on, Kyle. And uh, we had a lot of fun with him. Great guy, great, great amount of bond knowledge in this guy too. And a hell of a voice, hell of a voice to listen to. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Kyle Barbo, Easy Smiles, Expensive Watches. Come fly with me, let's fly, let's fly away If you can use some exotic booze There's a bar in far Bombay Come fly with me, let's fly, let's fly away Come fly with me, let's float down to Peru in Lama Land, there's a one-man band, and he'll toot his flute for you. Come fly with me, let's take off in the blue. Once I get you up there, where the air is rarefied, just... Okay, so, Kyle Barbeau, correct? Correct. Excellent. Easy smiles, expensive watches. Thank you very much. I got to admit, there's two things. So I was watching the Instagram live you and Harris did with the Blackwell rum. Mm -hmm. And dude, it like, first off, easy smiles. You got an easy voice too. Has anyone ever told you that? It's very smooth jazz voice. That's nice to hear. (laughs) It's very, Jake, come on, back me up here. Yeah, I know. I did actually say that as well. I was like, oh, I could watch this all day. You know, it's funny. In um, in college, I did a lot of radio. I was the radio station manager, so maybe that's my radio voice coming out a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just very, very buttery, you know. But like, there is also something you remind your voice sounds like a celebrity, and I couldn't figure out who the hell it is. So if this, when this goes on and I figure it out, I'll let you know. Hopefully, it's maybe, not some maybe animal. James Bond number seven. Yeah, it could be. It could be the first, the first American Bond. There we go. I, I wouldn't be jealous. I'd like to see an American Bond, you know? It depends on who it is. Yeah, honestly, let's start with that, since that's a question we've never asked anybody. If if they were to cast an American James Bond, who would you like to see? I think John Hamm could do it. Um, I think if he could pull off a convincing British accent, he's got the right look. Yeah. I mean, it, we've got Henry Cavill, a British guy, playing Superman. So an American playing James Bond, as long as the character remains British, I'm not totally opposed to it. I mean, I don't want like The Rock or Will Smith as Bond, right, but right, right. John Hamm could do it. I feel like it seems to be where English actors can take American roles. But if an American takes an English role, then all hell breaks loose. No doubt. In all fairness, I am English, so I'm going to say that's completely fine. <laughs> it's completely fine that we take your roles yeah. or... No, 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 no. The other way around. Yeah, that's we'll right. take all yours, but yeah, don't touch our James Bond. I, I mean, English actors <laughs> could play Americans a lot better than Americans can play English. I'll that's say true. that. That's true. That's true. But yeah, so thanks for coming on. So we, Jake and I have both been following you for a long time. I always like to ask this question to start off, just because I think it's a good uh, kind of gauge to see where you first got your Bond love or passion. So I always ask, what is your first memory of Bond? Any Bond associate memory, but what was the very first time you ever heard or seen anything James Bond? 
it's hard for me to think of a time before Bond. Um, but growing up, I was always into movies, still a huge film buff. And my favorite series growing up was Indiana Jones. And I knew that Sean Connery was in this other thing. And everybody would say like, oh, but he's really known for this other thing. I'm like, okay, that sounds interesting. Then it, it took a little while. I'd say it was probably around eight or nine years old. And TBS used to do 15 days of 007, right around yeah. between like Thanksgiving and Christmas. And it was just like bond, 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 bond. And I remember catching uh, License to Kill. It was the first one I ever saw because that was on TV all the time in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Then I caught um, Spy Who Loved Me and Thunderball. And those were... The first ones I ever saw, and they kept running promos for Tomorrow Never Dies, this new movie that was coming out, you know, soon to be released, Heineken commercials, Omega commercials. Mm-hmm. Then on my 10th my tenth birthday came around, and my grandfather took me to see Tomorrow Never Dies on my 10th birthday. And from that moment on, it was, this is, that's who I want to be. I want to be that guy. The way he walks, the way he talks to women, the way he dresses, that's, that's, my, right. uh, that's my role model there. So that's kind of how I got into it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Every Did you ever play Goldeneye when you were a kid? All the time. Still play it actually from time to time. But uh, yeah, that that was another one. It was like '97. Um, the Goldeneye game came out. Tomorrow Never Dies came out. All of the marketing between those two things, commercials on TV constantly, kids talking about it in school. That was it. That's where mm-hmm. it really hit high gear for me. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I was actually going to ask because I think, um, you know, doing our normal research, which is pretty much just stalking through your Instagram, you've obviously got a fair <laughs> bit of love for um, for Pierce Brosnan. So mm-hmm. do you still sort of, I know, obviously it's been a while since since he's been James Bond. Do you still sort of see him as one of your favourites and, and still sort of use him as a bit of a, an icon for the James Bond role? Definitely. Uh, it, I think it's kids who grew up in the 90s, Pierce is our Bond. Yeah. I mean, yes. uh, I, we, we could all say that, you know, maybe his last film wasn't his best, but it's not his fault. It's not because of him. He brought his A game. He's acting like the coolest guy in the room. So I don't lay the blame on Pierce. I lay it on Tamahori. Yeah. We um, have said that so many times that Die Another Day would be a great film if it was written completely differently with a completely different storyline and a completely mm-hmm. different plot. Um, and a completely yeah, different, different director. <laughs> Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> Are you one of those people? Do you agree with the first? What do, what do we say, Jake? Like, it, like some people I've heard some people say all the way up until he gets to like Havana or I've heard like the first 20 minutes. Are you one of those people that that had really high expectations for Die Another Day, like 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes in and then all of a sudden it just dropped off? I'd take it even a little bit longer. I would go about an hour before it really falls apart. Once they get to Iceland, it kind of uh, it goes off the rails. But, I mean, Rosamund Pike, I think, brings her A-game throughout the whole mm-hmm. movie. Brosnan has his, is on his A-game throughout the whole movie. If they just made a straight-up film with the two of them uh, in the lead roles, I mean, the characters could stay the same. It's yeah. just the story around them it just falls apart. Yeah, that's that's funny you bring that up because when we were talking the other day, we did this thing that's going to come out, I don't know when, because uh, Donnie Waldron's editing it, so maybe never. But uh, it was uh, don't, Jake don't and I. Don't make fun of Donnie too much. Oh, uh, trust me, I don't. I have <laughs> seen him. I have seen him. Not, which reminds me, I'm like one of the, he he let me know that he uh, 
came out with some merch. So I ordered like a hoodie and he keeps asking me to send him a picture of me wearing it. And I keep forgetting. So I, I might just not wake up one of these days. But, um, but that was one of the things we were saying was they. So when Tanya Roberts passed away, a lot of people were obviously there's a many different articles and all these different posts. So I kind of like started to read up on her a little. And when they cast her, I mean, obviously American, which is somewhat rare for the older films, but. They said that she was like the it model slash actress at the time, which reminds me of Denise Richards, because obviously that's why she got that role. And Jake and I have had this conversation many times individually, but how you go from Denise Richards and Sophie Marceau, which, yes, Sophie's good, but she's not as well known. And then Denise Richards to the, you know, the next film, you've got Halle Berry and Rosamund Pike. So Halle Berry, Oscar winner, mega A-list star. Roseman Pike, like breakout, real, legitimate, beautiful, talented actress. And that film's not good. You know what I mean? It's just like, I don't understand. Because it's like, we've heard how Anthony Hopkins has been offered this role. He turned it down. He's been offered that. He turned it down. But they're able to attract Halle Berry and Roseman Pike and all these people. Like, do you think when they read it, they thought the script's okay? Because you can't, like, Invisible Cars, certain things, like, you can't be like, oh, this looks ridiculous. Or is it just because it's a Bond film they're going to sign on? I mean, I think any A-lister wants to be in a Bond film. I think that it's the longest-running franchise in film history. It's such a huge, iconic thing on both sides of the Atlantic or Mm -hmm. both sides of the equator Um, because we've got Jake here, too. Uh, Everybody wants to be in, uh, in in a Bond film. Uh, but I think I really put the blame on uh, Tamahori for what happened in Die Another Day because Purvis and Wade are clearly capable of writing a right. good story. World is Not Enough is a good story. Casino Royale, I mean, yeah, Fleming wrote the original story, but they they uh, adapted the script along with Paul Haggis, so they can write a good story. Um, it just it didn't work that time. Yeah. I um I have to ask a question. We've sort of talked about Pierce and. And tomorrow never dies a little bit. I think one of the first times that I properly saw you, Carl, doing a video was a tomorrow never dies sort of sketch. I can't remember which um, <laughs> operation something it was, and it was at the end. And I remember watching that, thinking, "My God, how long did that take?" That is my first question. <laughs> I haven't even seen that it. Was edit- I'm pissed. I haven't even seen so it. So well, it was like so in time. I was just blown away. Like. It was incredible. It took about, I mean, I'm, I probably did six or seven takes before I got it just right. Um, but I have to give credit where credit is due because the editing I farmed out to uh, Darlington Studios mm. and he took care of it for me. The guy is a very, very talented uh, video editor and he put that together seamlessly. He did a good job. I mean, it, I even was able to fool some people. They're like, wait, wait, wait. Are you dating Terry Hatcher now? <laughs> like, no, no. <laughs> I gotta I see wish. this. What is this? Why haven't oh, I seen it. this? So it was, it was Operation Stay at Home, and David had asked a bunch of people in the Bond community to shoot a short little video on how we were reacting to, and this was like right at the beginning of heavy, heavy COVID, um, how we were reacting to social distancing and self quarantine and all that kind of stuff. Right. And the thing that that I caught was the line, did I get too close for comfort? I'm like, that's it. 
I'm going to take that and run with it because that's how we're all feeling. We don't want anybody too close to us, six feet. And that was, that's, uh, that's where that came from. Right. Damn. I got to see it. I'm like, I'm scrolling through your Instagram right now. Is it on here? Is it on YouTube? Uh, it's on YouTube. Oh, shit. Yeah. No, I, um, for anyone who hasn't seen that, I would very much recommend that because I remember, I think it was like three o'clock in the morning over here and I'd stayed up and was watching it. And it's sort of, cause that was right at the end. And, you know, you had the normal sort of videos of people sort of coming on being like, you know, hello, all of that sort of stuff. And then all of a sudden this like, basically a fucking motion film starts and there's Kyle filming. And I was like, what is this going on here? This is mental. But, um, I suppose that sort of leads on pretty well. I'm sure we'll go back and talk more bond, but with the actual sort of bond community, I know that you've, you've obviously sort of been, been fairly active in it for a fair amount of time. And, you know, I think even like with that, that was probably before I'd started with a lot of things and I sort of seen your face around a fair bit. How did you sort of come and I suppose be introduced to the Bond community and how did that all sort of start however long ago it was? Well, I've been part of, quote unquote, the Bond community for a long time just because I've been a Bond fan for such a long time. And I remember uh, right around the time Casino Royale came out is when I discovered James Bond lifestyle. And I I read that religiously because I'm like, yes, this is right up my alley. Why didn't somebody think of this before? Um, this is like a one-stop shop to find what Bond wore, what Bond drinks, what Bond eats. And I, I, I love food and drink. So that's, uh, that's something I'm always interested in what Bond is doing. And then that led me into, at the time he was writing articles, uh, David Zaritsky. And then that sort of morphed into, he was shooting videos for Bond lifestyle. And I remember sending him an, an email back in the day, like, Hey man, love what you're doing. Keep up the good work got the reply, you know, thanks. That's what keeps me going. Then he launched the Bond experience right around the time of Skyfall and had people submit to his website little essays about, you know, stories from their life with their own personal Bond experiences. So I wrote one and that got published and that kind of started the dialogue between me and him. And then later on, he ran a contest for a pair of Sunspell swim trunks everybody had to submit a photo for um for this contest of themselves in like a bond experience and i won so then we really started to get talking and become uh you know familiar and then finally he hosted an event in pennsylvania at uh one of the omega boutiques and i went and just by showing up and going to all of the events and be putting my face out there and shaking hands I started to make a lot of friends. And now mm-hmm. about a year ago, almost exactly a year ago, he told me, hey, it's great that you're coming to the events. Time to join the conversation. Um, join Instagram, launch a channel, become you know, somebody who's really part of the Bond conversation online. So I did. Haven't looked back since. So what I want to know is, and this is something we've been talking about recently too, is i know you're married i am not married oh you're not married i am not married girlfriend (laughs) uh here and there (laughs) son of a bitch Uh, you know what do you have have a ring on your your right hand finger okay i do so it's probably reversed yeah it's my sonic agitator that i use to break uh, oh nice glass that makes sense okay well you know what then i'll just uh 
I'm just gonna go fuck myself. <laughs> no, okay. Yeah. So here, all right. This this question still works. So so, so ladies, uh, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. So, <laughs> all of your female listeners. All you guys. Kyle, all two of them, I think. Yeah. Super handsome. Yeah. Both super, of them. Super crooner voice. Um. So no, this question still works as far as your friends go. Then. So mm-hmm. for me, for me in particular, like I haven't like texted or called friends and been like, hey, go follow this, go do. This. I I I don't really tell people. They just kind of find out or whatever the case may be, how have your friends outside of the Bond community um, accepted your your passion and your passion project? Well, most of them have known me for a long time, so they know that Bond is my thing. Um, so it, it's really nothing nothing new. I've mm-hmm. just taken it to, to another level over the last two years, uh, especially the last year uh, since I launched, launched my Instagram. But I mean, I think they just like, oh, that's that's the thing that you do. That's what your hobby is. Some mm-hmm. people build model trains, and some people, you know, play basketball on the weekends. I do Bond. Nice. And then, I mean, obviously, you know, with like we just talked about with David and different events like that. Like I've seen, I've seen your stuff and your presence long before I was even doing Bond's apartment. Have they? been kind of surprised or have you been surprised by like the success not even just instagram wise but as far as people that you've met and you know what i mean like just you know i was talking to david today and he was saying how um you know he's excited about just the relationships he's built in this community are you surprised by how how many good friends you feel like you've made by doing this yeah yeah, that's really what it's all about. Like, I, I don't care about how many followers or likes that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really have made some very good friends through this. And, you know, when you when you're finished with school and you're well into your 30s, um, you know, you don't really make new friends that right. easily. But through this hobby, I've made some some really good lasting friendships, like people that I could call up and we could have an hour conversation and never even mention Bond. And mm-hmm. just, yeah. you know, hang out and, and be uh, be tight and close. And that's really why I do this, is for the friendships. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, one of the things that I always find sort of interesting with this as well is that I know that you've almost sort of mixed your, your personal and, I suppose, professional life a bit more into the sort of Bond world. And you sort of mentioned there with the sort of food and drinks and that side of things. So, um, yeah, I've seen a few videos with you, obviously, sort of talking about alcohol. And I, know, I think you work during that as well in your your sort of day life as well that's not related to james bond so we've got to ask the main question what's your favorite james bond drink that's the simple one to start off with you know this is going to sound like a cop-out my favorite james bond drink is coffee but uh, if we're if we're talking um an alcoholic beverage i mean i i sell beer for a living so it would be a disservice if i didn't mention beer i am i'm a big beer drinker um not just because it's what i do for a living but it's just how i like to un, un, unwind relax what i like to have with my food and then i i've really gotten into some of the scotches through bond you know the McAllen being a great one and mm-hmm. now johnny walker so some of that stuff i really like too but if you've ever had a duke's martini you'll never go back you'll never have a martini anywhere else Ooh. I haven't. I haven't. And the thing is, martinis are martinis are rough for me because that's just like vodka. It just I don't know, man. I have a tough time. Like the first time I made a Vesper. So a friend of mine, 
I mean, he's a little older than I am. So, God, at the time, maybe he was turning. I was probably 25. Maybe he was turning like 30 or I don't know. So I was like, I'm going to get him all the ingredients to make a Vesper, and then we'll go over and make Vesper. And I tasted it, and I wanted to be like, oh, yes, I've been waiting my whole life. And I was like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, I don't know. It's just something with vodka just doesn't sit with me. The beer part I can get in. It's, it's one of those things that you have to get the proportions perfect in order for it to be good. And you have to drink it ice, ice, ice cold. Right. Whereas, you know, a, a nice single malt, you can drink at room temperature and appreciate it more. Vodka, not so much. Right. So a question I have for you, as far as no time to die goes, from what you've seen so far, and it's weird because this is also something we talked about and we, Jake and I, I think have similar opinions when it comes to the constant delays and what looks to be yet another one looming. Um, First off, actually, the first question I want to ask you is, as far as the potential of another delay how do you think they're going to be able to market this film come autumn, quote unquote, without giving away more things? Which to piggyback off that, one of the things I saw yesterday when I Googled No Time to Die to see if this was legitimate was No Time to Die needs a new trailer and here's why. And I was like, eh. So that's my first question. If it does get delayed, how do you market a film that you've already marketed four times, five times without ruining the story? I'm not super concerned about them giving away the story. It's a three hour movie and we've seen like a Very minute true. and a half of it. So I, I think there's, there's plenty of material and footage that we haven't seen yet, but all of the heat, you know, are they going to have Daniel Craig host Saturday night live again? He, he did that the first round. I mean, are they going to do the magazine covers with entertainment weekly and empire and all that? All of that preheating marketing material, all that money was spent last year. Are they going to do it again? And if they don't, how is that going to affect the box office? So I'm more concerned about that than I am about seeing too much of the movie in another trailer. Right. Yeah, I think, like, I'm sitting here and I'm looking at the Total Film magazine. Like, all of that stuff was so, like, preemptive that it was coming out. It was, like... And even when it got delayed, you could tell that there was a lot of things already in print that there was no way they weren't coming out. And, you know, even some of the things, one of the big things that I suppose over in Australia that we had was like the Perth Mint, um, you know, like their coins and things like that. Like you can't reposition that again. It's like they're out in the world now and that's mm-hmm. it. You can't. Yeah, it was probably agreed that they would be there to make up some height at the time for the film, right. but they're going to be a year old by the yeah. time that they come out now it's like what do you do and do we even want it again like i don't know about you guys but i don't know if i want another film magazine just with the same pictures saying the same thing like it mm-hmm. almost feels fake excitement you go out i don't know I, I don't know what it's like for you guys over there but over here it took me three months to find one fucking magazine so i don't need that in yeah. my life again to go out and try and find one <laughs> magazine that's got the same pictures but yeah it's gonna be um, an interesting one i reckon that's true, but they need to do that sort of thing to get the general audience. You know, right. they need butts and seats. Yeah. It's the bond. The bond fans are going to be there no matter what. We're going to buy all the material. We're going to go buy our tickets to see the movie no matter what. But they need the public to come out in in the masses and come and see it. So that's why they need to do a lot of that promotional stuff. I mean, they get Daniel Craig on Colbert again, get him on, uh, you know, Jimmy Kimmel, get him all doing all of those appearances, promoting this film. 
but that's tough to do and we don't know when it's going to happen yeah yeah mm-hmm. see one thing and jake and i we talked about this is along with like the perth mint you had like that Connolly shirt that a lot of people ordered and that came out at a specific time um what else blackwell rum uh the watch obviously the watch you yeah. know there's a few the things that yes yes see i couldn't and there's i feel like there's one more i mean even like the sunglasses kind of a little bit but i mean they were they were really banking on a lot of that like bonus marketing from these companies and these companies are like i mean even blackwell was one that i think was supposed to be like october then it was november then eventually they were like we just can't even do it and for me the experience was we lose them you still there yeah, I'm still here. Oh, okay, I'm sorry, I just had to. Oh no, you're good. <laughs> we'll edit that. Decline a phone call. We'll yeah. that. Um, but for me, the experience was when it came out. I was like, you know, I'll, I'll probably order a bottle of or two, not like in a huge rush to order it because you know I knew it was limited. But I was like, for the price, you know, thirty, forty dollars. I was like, that's not anywhere near like what you would think, like a Bollinger or things like that, or way more money. So I was like, I'll order a couple like in a week or so or whatever. But then Christmas time came and I was like, you know what? Like my girlfriend's like, well, my mom can get you that. Or I was like, okay, yeah, go ahead. So I guess she ordered it like, um, late November and didn't show up until I think I got it two days ago, three days ago. So they, somebody emailed her directly and not even like a pro, not even like a generated email it was like a an actual person. Like, Hey, I know we promised this before Christmas. We're like slammed with people ordering this, like we're behind, I promise it'll get there as soon as possible, whatever. So it's like, these companies are still benefiting in, in their own way, in fairness to them. And they were like, well, we can't hold out any longer. But that partnership that they had with, you know, a side-by-side release with the film, or, or LeBar Brown is another company that was probably going to do something similar. That's all that bonus marketing is gone. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I agree with like, because I was telling Jake, um, like uh, James Corden will have like a band or an actor on for like an entire week. You know, if you've seen that, I was like, have a different cast member Monday through Friday or something. Or maybe even if that video game can be <laughs> somehow sped up to be launched. But I mean, it's this movie's not coming out in November or April, it looks like. So maybe they have more time, but I don't know. I don't know how yeah, I'm not sure. That. And another brand that you didn't mention that had uh, those similar issues was Heineken. Yeah. Uh, Heineken had a whole bunch of material all lined up and ready to go um, that actually had to be bailed and destroyed because it had the wrong release dates on it. And I, I mean, I got the email oh. back in, you know, last March or last February when it, the first or the whatever, whatever we want to say, the third, fourth time it was delayed, the big mm-hmm. delay. Um the the coronavirus delay saying that like don't put out any of the bond point of sale any any standees signage anything like that can't be used um and now they're they're sitting on i guess new material to put out when uh whenever we get this film wow that's interesting Mm -hmm. hopefully i mean i i know these brands are sitting on some some treasure for us so right we can look forward to it more yeah. time to buy. Yeah. <laughs> That's the last thing that I feel like I need when it comes to James Bond is more time to spend money on these things that cost an absolute right. fortune. But yeah, here we are. Um, I got to ask as well with um with sort of no time to die when it comes to sort of brands and whether that be drinks or just clothing. So I know that that's something that you 
you know you're fairly passionate about as well what are you most sort of looking forward to seeing on the big screen when we get to see it over the next five years uh, what am I most in the movie I want to see how the uh how the Aston Martin V8 plays a part into the story I'm really mm-hmm. excited about that I have a little bit of a theory on it um clothing wise that's a good question because we've seen some really good stuff but I I want to be surprised by another uh, I'll, I'll use this example the little epilogue inspector uh, when he goes to collect the db5 and mm-hmm. he's got on that checked three-piece suit nobody knew about that suit before the movie we had seen pictures of every other suit but that one was a special surprise and i think i'm I'm really looking forward to another one of those surprise moments in no time to die mm-hmm. like you yeah, said three hours <laughs> three hours yeah be like, like it better be freaking it better be easter when we watch this movie yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, no time to pee so sort of touching oh yeah <laughs> oh that's gonna be a nightmare that's the way i'm not you can ask you and be like i've waited so long for this put it on pause a minute i'll be back um so when it sort of comes to brands and i suppose clothing more specifically like i said i I have done my research. I've been stalking your Instagram. Um, you obviously have a bit of an affinity with with some of the brands, especially when it sort of comes to clothing and that side of things. Do you have sort of a personal favorite piece? I know that's like trying to choose your favorite child whenever someone asks me that. But is there one that always sticks out to you and is sort of your go to Bond, I suppose, brand and, and piece of clothing? My favorite Bond piece of clothing um, is the I had the Tom Ford Mexico City suit. I bought that about four or five years ago, mm-hmm. um, and that's that's like my special occasion wedding, um, you know, big event, big presentation, big meeting when when those things used to happen. Uh, special dress up suit. My favorite Bond brand might have to be Turnbull and Asser because of their English heritage and tradition and their long history with Bond, but also that's what brought me through their door the first time i stayed a customer because of the way they treat their customers their customer service is second to none mm-hmm. yeah and that's all you can really ask for from some of these brands isn't it like you you are paying top dollar for things normally so it's like correct if so if they're going to treat you well yeah. yeah that's it you know it's they have to go hand in hand a little bit i think and like that's what uh that's my experience with a lot of these brands is that if if they do that, it makes you want to go back and it makes you feel less guilty for spending ludicrous amounts of money on mm-hmm. clothes, pretty much. Um, <laughs> and also with that as well, I saw that you sort of gifted your your family a bit of NPL as well. So that's always nice to be able to bring the, the Bond <clears throat> brand into into the family life as well. I have done that. NPL has, uh, has, has popped up on Mother's Day. It's popped yep. up on my sister's birthdays, and it just nice. popped up on my dad's sixtieth uh, birthday. So I'm I'm spread. I, that's a relatively new thing. And I'm like, you know what? All of these Bond brands make such great stuff. I keep buying yeah. it for myself. It's time to start buying pieces for other people because of how well they treat me as a customer and how mm-hmm. good the merchandise is. Share the love a little bit. I've got enough crap. Yeah, yeah. I was sort of gonna do something like that with my wife, and I showed it to her, and. Um, yeah, she does not share my love for Bond. So. <laughs> I was just going <laughs> to say. <laughs> she was like, no, no, this is a present for me. Don't, right. don't be buying any of your shit. <laughs> Last year, I got my girlfriend uh, sunglasses for Valentine's Day. 
And um, I was like, I'll get you more this year. And I was like, well, what about like um, Persols? Or I was like, let's get you something nice. Cause I, I mean, I bought Persols, um, God, it was like 2012 and I still have them. They're yep. phenomenal. And uh, so I showed her like the Leia Sidhu Spectre one. She's like, I like them. I just don't know if they'd look good on my face. So then I showed her the Lashana Lynch ones. I was like, what about these? <laughs> Those mm, were... <laughs> not not <laughs> so much. Like 45 <laughs> bucks right now. They look, <laughs> like, um, they look like Max Headroom or something like that. <laughs> yeah, they just look ridiculous. They look like uh, like the OG 3D glasses, paper glasses or something. Yeah. Um, that's why I wouldn't I wouldn't buy anything and this is kind of my philosophy with bond stuff it's like I want to buy the things that I'm going to use and I would never wear those I just they they don't do it for me so I'm not going to bother just to put them on a shelf I want to I want to use these things I want to wear these things right I did yeah I did something similar with uh we were talking about this the other day because when the Tommy Bahama shirt came out and I was like okay like that is the last brand I ever expected to be on Bond. Not because right. of or anything, just because it's like I just hear Tommy Bahama, I think of my dad. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know. So um, when he had that on, I was like, okay, like we're talking like a black silk button down. No big deal. So, of course, when it first came out, or the pictures, I should say, it was nowhere to be found. It was so difficult to find and this and that. Then, like, whenever it relaunched, like a couple weeks ago, a month, two months ago, whatever, Jason Kim. IMs me at, or texts me at like midnight and I'm asleep. I wake up in the middle of the night, like 4 a.m. I see this text and he's like, check it out. And I look at it. And I'm like, oh my God, there's like six colors, every size. I was like, when I wake up in like three hours, we're sending it. Three hours later, sold out in every color and every size. But like, then I just happened to check the other day and I've never really owned like a black button down because I don't know what it is. I just don't know if and like when I look in my closet, most of my colors are like black or like light gray, dark gray, navy. I was just like, I don't know. But then I saw the navy of that one and I was like, I feel like I would actually wear this color more than the black one. So I ended up buying that one. I was like, that one just seems like a little more every day to me you know what i mean i mean it's still silk so it's like you don't like throw that on when you're heading to target or something but it's like you know what i mean i was like i ordered the navy i mean in fairness the black was still sold out which made it an easier choice but i was like i will wear this navy more and i think this might be a sign yeah i mean it has to speak to you and it's got to look authentic because if if you're just playing dress up people know i mean you don't want to be a grown man playing dress up you want to be somebody who's um inspired by bond uh, mm-hmm. paying homage to bond but you, you're still you yeah and yeah. and you it does make you walk a little bit taller and and speak with a little bit more confidence when you have that little secret you know invisible bond right connection one of the things i've told jake before is like the sunspell polo so i ordered that and i was like i know the materials like in the the weaving or knitting is a little strange i was like so hopefully it fits and when it got here i was like this it was like the best experience. But then I was like, okay, so yes, I've got the navy one that he wears, but they've got more colors. Why not? Oh, God, colors? I've got it at least. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, like this is a beautiful, yeah, right. So I was like, I'm not going to be like, well, Bond doesn't wear gray, so I'm not going to order gray. So are you, are you similar in that aspect? Like, I guess a good example would be the Omegas or the Barton Pereiras with the, with the bond branding all over it. Do you feel 
you're more gravitating or you gravitate more to like a screen accurate version or like the novelty version? Um, I don't wear a ton of things that say 007 on them. I did just get for Christmas something that I wanted from the 007 store, which is the Zarin Industries t-shirt, just yeah. because I thought that that looks cool. It'd be a cool t-shirt to wear around. Um, but apart from that, I, I like to wear either the things that Bond wore or something that I think he would wear. Um, so like you brought up the Sunspell polo, something like that. Um, he wore a blue one in the movie, but he'd, he'd wear a brown one. He'd wear a black one. He'd wear right. a gray one. Right. You know, that's the, the quality is the same. It's just different colors. So I, I like that better than buying, you know, 007, 007, 007 stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you, um, do you personally take much sort of inspiration from the older films as well, Carl, or is it definitely more sort of like the Bosnian and Craig era that you'd, you sort of gravitate more towards with the style? Oh, I, I appreciate the older films very much. Um, like I said, the Turnbull and Asser stuff that goes all the way back to the first movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I love, um, I love a lot of Connery's suiting. One of my favorite suits though, is, um, the one that George Lazenby wears in Switzerland to Gumbold's office. So I think yeah. a look like that and, and Roger Moore in the man with the golden gun also, a lot of those looks are so timeless and classic. They're not going to go out of style no matter when. Yeah. I think it's that thing almost, isn't it? It's like, as long as you stay away from like the cream and the brown suits, you're probably not going to look like you're playing dress up. Like you said, you're, uh, um, right be able to wear you know like the greys and the the navy sort of shark skin so it's pretty much all time around but yeah i think it's always an interesting thing because i know like for me and luke as well probably we definitely gravitate more towards sort of the craig style but mm-hmm. james bond's got so much sort of sartorial history you can definitely take influence from from everyone really that's done it yeah i look to craig more for his casual looks because i think mm-hmm. he brought his casual looks are the most um, like restrained and classic. Yeah. You, know, you, you talk about like barber jackets and and the suede jacket from uh, from Spectre. Things that are kind of timeless. If you look at some of the casual wear in, especially during the 70s, maybe doesn't hold up quite as well as uh, yeah. as Craig's does or as Connery's did. Um, I, I think even Brosnan doesn't look as comfortable in casual clothing as he does in, in suits, mm-hmm. but yeah. for, for suits, nobody does it better. So everybody yeah. has their own strengths and weaknesses. Right. Uh, and the big question with no time to die, are you going to start rocking corduroy or are you going to stick away from corduroy at the moment? It's a very thin corduroy though. It's a very, 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 very micro. Uh, it's still corduroy though. You got to get real close to see that. Yeah, that's a tough one because I don't I don't have too many I don't see myself going to an occasion where that's formal and fancy enough where I should wear a suit, but a suit that's so casual. It's kind of a, a contradiction. It's like a gray area. You know, why wouldn't I just wear like a sport coat and jeans um, as opposed to a corduroy suit? It's it's not something that I've gravitated towards yet but i haven't seen the movie i do have a pair of corduroy pants uh, similar to the ones that he wears at the end of skyfall so i'm not opposed to corduroy we'll see yeah. we'll see if i could if i do it head to toe then it's because uh i really liked how it looked in the movie yeah yeah so i got a question for you that uh, this is another one i like to ask so i see on the instagram and i can see it right there omega or two in the collection 
So uh, the, yeah, I want to know that. your experience with your first one. How did you get it? Why did you choose it? How did that all work out? I feel like these stories end up being pretty good. Hopefully this this doesn't break that tradition. I found this it on the side of the street. Really good yeah. story. <laughs> He's like, I just it's wanted it. A really good story. I just freaking wanted well, yeah. it, bitch. <laughs> and so I the the first one, and I wore it today. The first one that I ever got is the Tomorrow Never Dies through Die Another Day um, Seamaster Diver 300 meter. Yep. As worn by my favorite Bond. So the story behind this is a pretty good one. Like I said, my grandfather took me to see Tomorrow Never Dies. And that was always kind of like a Bond, no pun intended, between the two of us. Years later, I was probably 15, 16 years old. He came over for dinner one night and was complaining that the this group of nuns came to his office selling raffle tickets and you know he's a nice generous guy so he bought raffle tickets but the, <laughs> he was screaming because he didn't realize that the raffle tickets were like 150 dollars a piece mm. and he's like oh yeah I'll, I'll take a whole a whole bunch of them and so he's like yeah that nun she's such a good salesperson i'm gonna hire her because she got me she got me for you know 400 bucks and raffle tickets you know i'm never gonna win shit so <laughs> I, i'm looking at the prize and, and grand prize was i think it was like two thousand dollars or fifteen hundred dollars or something like that uh 50 50 you know 1500 went to the charity 1500 to the winner and I'm like, well, you know, fifteen hundred dollars that that would buy you the the watch that Pierce Brosnan wears in um you know in in the Bond movies. And I tell you what, that that girl she got me for one hundred and fifty bucks. If I win, I'll buy you the fucking watch. Oh. <laughs> and about <laughs> about a month later, I get a phone call. He's like, hey, uh, I gotta tell you something. You remember that raffle ticket that I bought from the nuns? I uh, I won. <laughs> oh my god! I got I got the watch. He shot legitimately like and, that. Uh, Holy and, and shit! I, I wound up uh, reaping the benefits. <laughs> off of Dude, that, that is actually so. one of the best. Thanks, Pop Pop. That's <laughs> yeah. an awesome story. <laughs> so you had an Omega when you're like 14, 15, thanks to the nuns. Yeah, I think, yeah, it was around 15 or 16, thanks to the nuns. So I make sure that, they, you know, around Christmas time, they get a check. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's an awesome story. See, Jake and I each have our own stories. I mean, mine, mine's similar, at least for the watch that you chose, because I chose the Seamaster 300 from Goldeneye with the exact serial number. And model number, but I did that because GoldenEye is what got me into the franchise and and GoldenEye 64 and things like that. But when I think of like a watch moment from Pierce Brosnan that sticks out, one of the more for me is when he's in, I I always forget, is it Shanghai or Beijing or whatever? And um, they're like in that little Chinese like store and then they start suiting up for their mission and she like flips all uh, the stuff around. Yes. yes 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 and then he he grabs that omega and he's like i recognize this and i was just like could you imagine like going into my as like a 10 year old i was like could you imagine if i went into my bedroom and just pushed a button and all the walls flipped i just had all these airsoft guns all these omegas so i mean the tomorrow never dies 
GoldenEye watches have been have had a special place for me since I was like nine, ten. Yeah, that scene in Smart Overdies is one of my favorites as well. And that one has always been like, oh man, if I could just have that that little that little lair, that little uh, you know headquarters, that's the coolest thing. Yeah. So besides the 300, you've also got an Aquaterra, is that right? So that's the the same one that sort of Craig, I suppose, the casual watch, even though it's the least casual watch. But yeah, yeah. I think that's the other one that you've actually, got as well, isn't it? I've got a couple. So I have, um, that one was, I, I fell in love with that after seeing Skyfall, the, uh, yeah. the 38 mm-hmm. and a half millimeter Skyfall Aquaterra. Didn't buy it right away because I couldn't afford it right away. But that was my... Um, my 30th birthday present to myself nice. a couple of years ago. I bought it secondhand, um, but I had I'd always wanted it since the movie came out, and it took me a couple of years, and and I went for it. And then I uh, I, I just picked up about two months ago now the uh, the No Time to Die. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, yeah, nice. I was going to ask, is that on the list or but. It was obviously yeah. on the list to the point where you yeah. bought it. <laughs> and that's another story. It actually wasn't on the list, but that's another story that involves, you know, family bonding. This is another one. If you, if you want me to tell it, I will. If not, yes, so please. Yeah. <laughs> yes, please. Yes, please. So I, I, um, I, this one, actually, my oldest needed service. So I went into the boutique on Fifth Avenue in Manhattan, dropped it off for service. This was, I think, Labor Day weekend-ish, something like that. And when they called me and told me it was ready uh, for me to pick it up, I called my dad and said, I have to pick up my uh, my watch from the Omega shop. Do you want to come with me? And he's like, yeah, I'll take a ride. So we went into the uh, the boutique on Fifth Avenue and I went upstairs. He stops at right at the first counter as soon as you walk into the store. And I went up to the service area. And while I'm up there, I I hear like laughter I hear bottles opening. I hear like <laughs> I hear like cheers and stuff like what the heck is going on? And I go downstairs and I see that he's picked out a Seamaster for himself. And we met a, uh, a very nice guy there. Uh, Jay Yang is the salesman that we've been dealing with. Great guy. Big Bond fan, in fact. And so he he's like, I, I really like this one. I think I'm going to get it, but I have to go home and talk to your mother about it first. And my mom's cool about that kind of stuff. She's like, yeah, if that's what you want, go for it. So the following week, we went in to pick up his watch and the salesman, Jay, said, I've got some good news for you. I have one. I only have one. Do you want to try it on? Of course I want to try it on. I'm not going to come here and not put it on. And as soon as it went on my wrist, I'm like, yeah, I, there's no way I'm leaving this store without this coming with me. It was just, <laughs> it was that moment of like, it was a shared moment between me and my father, but it was also like one of those Bond moments. Like this is, I yeah. feel like James Bond right now looking at this. So I had to, I took the plunge. There's, I'm jealous there's something that. about that watch. Yeah. I like, I, for, my story is very, very boring compared to that because I didn't buy it and I was by myself and it was raining outside. So it was like a miserable day. But like <laughs> just as like the film was about to come out and I went into the Omega boutique like that was literally on the walk to the train station after work. And 
I was like, oh, I'm just going to go in. I was probably thinking I would take a picture for Instagram and be like, oh, I'm sending a picture mm-hmm. to my wife to see if I can buy it. But it's just one of those <laughs> ones where you're like, as soon as you put it on your wrist, you're just like, oh, God, I want this so bad. Like, more so than any other watch I've had. And I don't know if it's the strap or just how it looks. But, yeah, there's something about that watch. I know the feeling very well. I'm, yeah, glad that my wife wasn't there because I'd probably start doing the old, oh, you know, it's not that expensive. Like, yeah, what do, do you we, think? Do I we mean? even need to pay our bills? <laughs> right. I can survive on KFC for a couple of months. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't even get hungry. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm jealous of that whole experience just because, like, you know, this obviously with this, the watch I got being the GoldenEye watch, it was from Crown and Caliber. You know, it was somebody else. Like, oh, yeah. they're fucking amazing. Yeah. Hard F gonna hear that in the comments from somebody but but uh but no so basically it's like i ordered this watch and you know i mean it's it's an omega and it's at this point what over 20 years old but it's still not cheap obviously and i started wearing it and i think one of the first events i wore to oddly enough was this summer my cousin was still able to get married it was all outside but i wore it and my grandpa saw because my grandpa has a constellation he bought in italy years ago and uh he's like let me see that watch he's like don't these keep great time and i wanted to be like you know my dad and mom are over there was like so my uncle joe my uncle who i went to toronto with the last couple years has been looking at tags and he's he's a big boy he's like six five just like very muscular guy so he's been looking at tags with like these 45 millimeter phases whatever else so he saw it and he was like oh let me see it let me try it on this that so i'm like you guys stop bringing attention to this damn watch i don't as far as my parents go i i you know, you found it. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, it's just somebody dropped it off and said you won it off a raffle and yeah. said buy some nuns. You sent in a you sent in a postcard twenty years ago for an Omega and it finally showed up at your girlfriend's house. But my dad eventually I was he's like, I how come you haven't been wearing the watch I gave you? And and long story short with that, he was given a tag hoyer from his company after it got Somebody new came in and bought the company, bought all the VPs tags. I actually have that one on right now. But when he retired, he um he found a an additional one nice. in his desk, never worn. So he was like, if you go get the battery taken out of here and replaced and everything like sealed and everything, you can have the old one. So he goes, Sweet. yeah. So he goes, you haven't been wearing my watch, I noticed. And I'm sitting there like, okay. He knows I have like an Apple watch. He knows I've got like 10 other watches. This question isn't about the fact that I haven't been wearing his watch. It's because he's been eavesdropping at this wedding and he knows that I I bought something I shouldn't have. So he asked me how much I paid for it. I think the first time I said like 900. <laughs> like I think the second time I said like I'm shipping an insurance. <laughs> yeah, I was like I'm, I said like 500 and then um we happened to be over there a couple of weeks ago and their neighbors were there and the, the wife was talking about how she has a Gucci, a couple Gucci watches and she went in to get them serviced and it cost like X amount of money. I was like, you think that's expensive? Like, holy <laughs> shit. And so I started telling, and my dad in front of these people is like, well, or my mom, she, well, would you even pay for it? And I just looked at her. I looked at the neighbor and I was like, don't fucking worry about what I paid for this one. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I was like, unless you're just vulgar. Nobody. Yeah. I told dad 900. I told you 500. Add it together times by 
50 and then maybe we're back with you. So I was like, I don't ask people that question. But then you're at the Omega Boutique and it's like, fuck yeah, pop that champagne. Like, come on. Like, where did I come here? So the question is, it, you asked to be asked, what um, what say master did your dad end up getting? Did he get a Bond related one or was it a slightly no, different one? He's a two-tone guy, so he got a um, a 300-meter diver similar to the yeah. to the Bond one, but uh, it's two-tone with uh, steel and yellow gold. And okay. in the newer ones, they moved the date window to six o'clock instead of three yeah. o'clock. So uh, that's one of the one of the newer um, changes that they've made to it. But it, I mean, it's it's not a Bond watch; it's a Bondian watch, like yeah. it's Bondish. Yeah. yeah, nice. What's your um What's your opinion on you know the the Omegas that have the sort of 007 branding on it. I know we sort of touched on it a little bit before, but Omega, they're obviously a, a much more expensive brand than compared to like the sunglasses, even something like that. And then we've sort of talked about it a little bit before where maybe for a bit more of a, oh, I wouldn't even say casual fan, but someone who, you know, isn't running fucking Instagram pages dedicated to James Bond, they're fine with those sorts of watches. But how do you sort of feel about them? Would that be something you'd ever ever look at getting or once again? I, I like some of them. Like there there are a few that I'd be interested in. I really like the one that came out uh, in conjunction with Casino Royale that has an orange 007 on the counterweight mm-hmm. of the second hand. I like that one. And I like the Aquaterra that has the Bond family crest on the yeah. uh, dial. I think this, the more subtle it is, the better. You know, it, it has yes. to look like so, it's not. Otherwise, it looks you know too Mickey Mouse. It has to look like something like a sophisticated guy like James Bond would wear, mm-hmm. not something that you know screams his name out to the world. That's just my take on it. Yeah, definitely. So follow up to that: What non-Bond Omega would you buy if you could? I've got one. It is like again Bond-ish. I have the um, DeVille Hour Vision, which... That's yeah. right. I did yeah. just see that. I did just yeah, see that. The, it's rip. That one, um, I, I loved it when I saw a poster of Daniel Craig wearing it because it was uh, it was a watch that he actually developed in conjunction with Omega for this charity called Orbis, mm-hmm. which is like a, a flying hospital that does eye surgery around the world. And I, I just like, that's the most handsome dress watch I've ever seen. At the time, the only watch I had was the uh, Brosnan Seamaster, so I needed, not I, I didn't need, but I, I <laughs> No, no, you needed. Like say, say you needed. It makes it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I felt like I should invest in something dressier. So, um, so I, that year I had a very generous tax uh, refund from Uncle Sam, and it went to, uh, to one of those. Yeah, very nice. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, Again, think, second hand. Yeah. yeah, I got I another question that we've, uh, for you, too. Yeah, look, yeah, yeah. Sorry, go on, yeah I got no, just no. one more. So as far as um, jumping back to the No Time to Die and all that, um, so now that Wonder Woman has come out and we've seen the budget's $200 million and it's made worldwide $130 million, and yes, it partnered with HBO, so there's money behind the scenes that we don't really get to know about. And I don't think they necessarily tell you how many clicks or how many subscriptions they've gotten, which is what their portion is. But 
I've got my opinion on how that movie has done critically and financially during this time with that approach. I think that's probably, I would say, like maybe aside from like Mulan, the biggest film to do that kind of streaming slash theater streaming only. Now that we've seen that, we've seen it with Mulan where it was just streaming, I believe, just Disney+. Mm -hmm. And we've seen it with Wonder Woman where it was theaters and streaming. Would you be open to that with Bond? Yes, if it was both streaming and theatrical, because I want to see it in the theater. It's just so, I'm I'm old school. I like going to the movies. I love going to an IMAX movie. Mm-hmm. This movie was shot in IMAX. That's how I want to see it for the first time. I don't want to. I, I mean, as nice as it is to sit at home and be comfortable and watch a movie on your TV for the first time. That's not how I want to see Bond. I want to see Bond with my friends. I want to go out to dinner before. I want to get a drink afterwards and discuss it. You know, that's that's right. really how I like to see Bond for the first time. And are you the type of guy that'll probably see it three, four, or five times? Easily. Yeah. Easily. I want to when this one comes out, if I can, because I've I've never done this before, but I want to see No Time to Die 007 times. Oh, that'd be cool. That'd yeah. be cool. Brilliant. Yeah. I may have done that with Skyfall, but not intentionally. <laughs> Skyfall, I think, holds the record. I saw Skyfall four times, I think. Yeah, four, I remember seeing five. Skyfall a lot. My thing is, it's like, you know, say they do something similar where it's theater and HBO. Well, it's like, okay, being the hardcore Bond fan, like, I'll go spend the money ten times if I have to. But I could easily go see it in the theater and then come home and watch it. 24 hours a day because I already have HBO. Sure. So sure. you're going to lose people because they there's a lot of HBO's HBO. Like they have original series, original films. Like there's a lot of people that already have HBO. And yes, you may get a few additional people buying HBO just to watch this film. But it's like they also have like a free trial, different things like that. It's, you know, to me, it's like. I think the only way it could work because, you know, with MGM up for sale and it seems like there's always a financial thing going on in the last Mm -hmm. 20 years with Bond films Mm -hmm. like HBO or Netflix would have to pay them like at least 650 million or something because they're looking to make a billion dollars again. Let's be real. I mean, this was like it wasn't the budget on this one, 350 or 300 or something, something ridiculous like that. And not to mention, they've already spent well over 100 in marketing. That's basically not gone to waste but you know people aren't necessarily going like we may go to youtube and type in no time to die trailer after this call but most people aren't doing that if they're not like in this community so they'd have to make a killing on this one and i just you know of course i want to see it and i want to see it any way i can but just a shitty situation i guess is really what it boils down to yeah, it is. And you you bring up a good point. I mean, how many people, if it does come out on both HBO and uh, theatrically, how many people are going to say, fuck it, I'm going to just stay at home and watch it on TV right. as yeah. opposed to going to the movies? I know, like we just said, we won't. We'll be you know, the first in line to see it. But right. they, are, they already have our money. They need everybody to go and see this movie. Right, right. And then I guess last question, at least for me, Jake, if you have any, feel free to wrap it up. But My last question is, this is something Jake and I have been kicking around the idea of. So Jake happened to visit the UK when Skyfall was being promoted. 
and Jake, if you want to chime in, go ahead. But basically, he was saying mailboxes, buses, DHL trucks, billboards, everything. Here, that's an Avengers thing. That's a Marvel thing. That's Star Wars things like McDonald's cups, Burger King cups, AMC 30 cups, all this. Like, if you go to this AMC, you'll get this cup. If you go to that one, you get this cup. Do you ever seeing them see them doing something like that here? And I made the mistake with that call with Donnie and Lorenzo and everybody of saying McDonald's. They're like, Bond, wouldn't you fuck you? McDon-. You're missing the point. My point is you, you have to, for me, I think one of the best ways to promote this film come April, potentially November, is to just plaster this shit everywhere because they never seem to do that here with him. And like Jake, if you want to chime in here, just give us a little insight. When you were in in London, Skyfall time, I mean, what was it like Bond-wise there? Yeah, I think um, with a lot of that, obviously, you there was a lot going on with the English like tourism board, in essence, like London Tourism, Visit London, that I can't remember the actual name of it. So they were incorporated in a lot of that. So I suppose, yeah. I think it's always going to be difficult to do that internationally. But how? Yeah, you've got you've got the money there, Carl. You're you're the marketing director. How would you do it? Mm-hmm. I I mean I've never seen a Bond film market. I've never seen hardly any film marketed the way they did with Skyfall. That was just it was everywhere you turned. Um, I mean they had the freaking Olympics as yeah. <laughs> part of their yeah. marketing yeah. arm in that. Uh, I think the only the only movie that I can think of that was as hyped as Skyfall was the Phantom Menace. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if it was up to me, it's tricky. I think they have to get younger people into it. And the way that I would promote it, do you remember um, Kenner figures? Like the yes, Star Wars Kenner I have figures? them. I have a bunch of them, yeah. Where's stuff like that for yes. Bond? You know, yes. wh- why don't we have something that's affordable, that's fun, and that could rope in a younger audience. So that's something I would look into, like licensed toys, things like that. Um, and then as far as where to promote, like who to tie it in with, you're right, probably not McDonald's. But <laughs> there, does, there, should, there should be, there should be like, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of the, the spirits companies are doing mm-hmm. it in Europe, but not so much here. Like uh, the Bollinger Champagne we get the bond box, but not the bond bottle. Why? Right. Um, you know, a, lo- a lot of those things could be handled better in the U.S. No doubt yep. about it. It's not. You know what? You know what it is. Um, like you, you brought up Avengers and and Star Wars. Uh, I would throw in Fast and the Furious. Like mm-hmm. that's who's doing a good job of marketing their movies in right. the U.S. compared with Bond. And Bond, Bond is better. Why shouldn't he be out there at the forefront of? action and adventure right i mean and correct me if i'm wrong but if skyfall makes 1.1 billion isn't like 550 to 650 from the u.s alone yeah like it's yeah, like why like your biggest market i mean you know even jake we talked about this before jake's like if you're if you live in london you throw on a suit people are like what are you trying to be fucking james bond like you can't even wear a suit <laughs> like what are you like a freaking wanker but it's like for me it's like i just that i don't understand i was thinking about it the other day after we had this conversation it's like I was working at Volkswagen Audi at the time of one of the Avengers coming out, which was every 15 minutes. But mm-hmm. <laughs> then it turned into for that period of time, like first Robert Downey Jr. is showing up to the premieres in, in an Audi and then everybody's in these Audis. But like they took their commercials like what they do like at Christmas time and then there's snow and like like Christmas bells in the background. They got rid of all that. 
And then it was like tying it in with like Brie Larson driving the car and you know what I mean? Making it like kind of like what they did with Lashana Lynch, I think for like Nokia or yeah, something yeah. like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, why aren't they getting these companies, you know, cause like Tom Ford's not going to do commercials. No, you know what I mean? No. It's and like, they don't, they don't need to, they don't need to. Right. Right. Like the Heineken one where that guy's like James Bond and he's like, Oh no, 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 not James Bond. That one, that, that one's brilliant. I, I love that commercial. I've I never seen it on the TV here. You know what I mean? So yeah, things like that. It's like, take a, take a huge brand that happens to be in the film, which I think Heineken, I guess would be the most marketable and, you know, and biggest at the same time, but definitely know. for the U S market, I, Heineken and Omega, I think right. would, would be the ones yeah. that could really, um, tap into the U S uh, market. Right. I mean, in driving, like I live when we're not working from home, we work at GM downtown Detroit, but we live, you know, an hour North. When you take the expressway down, you see the Rolex billboards, Omega billboards, Patek Philippe billboards, but you never see like the bond version of the Omega billboard, at least well, not. I'll count, I, I will counter you on that because I saw it on the uh, New Jersey turnpike maybe six weeks ago. Right. Daniel, right. See, Daniel out Craig here you don't with, see it. With the, yeah. I, and you know, what's funny. Um, there, there is sort of a regional, like a regional bond enclave on the right. East coast. Yes. There are bond fans all across the U S not just the East coast. Right. U S is a big country. So is Australia. You know, right. it's more than just a couple of cities uh, in one region. Yeah, like I've, I yeah. think I've seen the one with him like underwater holding that rope or whatever it is. I think I've seen that one maybe once out here, but yeah. it's like, I don't know, they're just missing some opportunities. This one was, um, it was Daniel Craig in the dinner jacket with the No Time to Die. Uh, it's not a limited edition, but the No Time to Die edition. Scene right, yeah. Right. And I, I remember even in the Brosnan days seeing on like the New York City subway, James Bond's choice pictures mm-hmm. of Pierce Brosnan mm-hmm. on the BMW motorcycle. They need to get better at doing that sort of thing again. Yeah, definitely. I've got the last question. It might be the most important one, so I'll save it till last. No what do you think of when it comes? Beard. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no time to die when it comes out. What drink are you going to be having? Oh, Bollinger Champagne, absolutely. There, yeah, except there we for go. substitutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I think that is the last thing that I wanted to know. So unless you've got any other questions, Luke, I think I'm that's... good. Kyle, thanks for coming on, man. This I am. This is great. This is yeah, dude. We'll have you on anytime. I don't know if you've seen, but we've had Lorenzo on like 40 fucking times. So I have. <laughs> we're, we're not uh, we're not biased to Lorenzo. But um, but yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad we finally got to. Uh, He's to like chat. Rodney Dangerfield. He, sh- he just shows up, you know, whenever you need somebody uh-huh. who's a good guest. Uh-huh. <laughs> we got him coming on again soon for something. So but yeah, yeah thanks for coming on, good. buddy. It was a great time. Thank you for yeah. having me. This was a lot of fun. Angels cheer because we're together Weather-wise, it's such a lovely day Just say the words and we'll beat those birds Down to Acapulco Bay It's perfect for a flying honeymoon They say, come fly with me Let's fly, let's fly away Oh
Once I get you up there Where the air is rarefied We'll just glide starry-eyed Once I get you up there I'll be holding you Because we're together Weather-wise It's such a lovely day You just say those words And we'll beat those birds Down to Acapulco Bay It's so perfect For a flying honeymoon They say Come fly with me Let's fly, let's fly Pack up, let's fly James Bond.